Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sharing with the Community podcast. My name is Russell Berner, and I am a town council member for the town of Kiowa. I am joined by Ben Webster on the far left, who is the deputy director of the Charleston County Emergency Management Department, and Craig Harris, the town's public safety director. Thank you very much for, for attending this very important meeting today. And we're going to talk about hurricane preparedness. Okay. So, Ben, can you tell me some of the significant impacts that a hurricane or significant storm can have on the area? Absolutely. And we don't even have to talk about significant. We can talk about all hurricanes. We get so caught up and it's a one, it's a two, or it goes up three, four, and five. And we have to remember that that really just counts wind. It's not talking about storm surge, which is water that normally wouldn't be here coming in. Kind of like having a puddle of water and blowing it with a leaf blower. That water is going to go somewhere else, right? And that's going to come to us. In addition, what is that wind blowing? What roads are impassable? Uh, and with tornadoes, or I'm sorry, with hurricanes, we see tornadoes. There's quite a few hazards we need to be aware of. Got it. Thank you, Brent, very much. So what can the residents do today to prepare for a hurricane or a large tropical storm? One of the first things that they need to do is pick up the South Carolina Hurricane Guide. That's going to be the end-all, be-all. Everything or most everything you need to know about hurricanes in South Carolina is going to be included in that guide. If you don't want to go pick up the guide, hurricane.sc or the South Carolina Emergency Manager app. And in that, you need to prepare a hurricane kit. You need to prepare for your pets. You need to know your zone. And you need to know your evacuation routes, among many other things. Great. So um, I, I have here a copy of the, of the magazine, and um, I'd like you to be able to say once again, how would somebody get a, you know, a copy of this important document? So the South Carolina Hurricane Guide, uh, it's available first off online at hurricane.sc. That's translated into Spanish as well as Chinese and I believe Portuguese as well. Nice. Uh, any South Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles, you can go there. Wow. Um, as well as CVS, some Walgreens, and uh, South Carolina rest stops. And we may have some here available as well. Exactly. Uh, so here at the town of Kiowa. And again, online is a very good option as well. Oh, great. Thank you so much. So, Craig, with respect to Kiowa, um, what can our residents do to stay informed before, during, and after a storm? Well, I think Ben said it real well. It, we have to get uh, uh, our community to be uh, cognizant to our community outlet, our, our outlets um, that we share uh, with all of our security entities on the island. Um, that's including the e-blast. Uh, I believe Kika has an also, they also have an outlet as well, but we work together to share that one information so that all of our community members, including even our visitors are aware of before, during, and after of these uh, significant events. And just like Ben said, even on our webpage, we also have a copy, a, a link of the South Carolina Hurricane Guide, as well as the county and as well as the town. Great. So um, if I'm a visitor to the island, it sounds like um, we or a visitor then has the opportunity to visit our website in order to get the information they need. So the visitor's gets a QR code from the property manager and that QR code linked them to all of the access they need to be able to get alert notification mm -hmm. and as well as any type of information need to prepare for any significant event. The biggest thing that we want to push out is that our residents as well as visitors 
need to register to receive these alerts. That's the number one thing. Software is not good if we don't use it. Of course. So we have to encourage our, our residents and visitors to please register for these links that we're sending out. We're trying to upgrade and we're trying to, uh, you know, be a part and, and be collaborative with the county as well as state, even federal, to get new software so that we can get notification to our residents and community members, um, uh, visitors, I'm sorry, so that they can actually be aware of what's going on. Great. So it sounds like there's a visitor's packet that our guests on the island obtain, and that will have the information they need to log in, sign up, and get access. Correct. Perfect. Um, so Craig and Ben, how do, how, how do the, the town and the county work together when you have a significant storm coming down the pike? What, what, what do you guys do? I can absolutely go first. Uh, Kiowa is a phenomenal partner. Uh, working with Craig, it has been absolutely phenomenal. Collaboration and communication and relationships are the core of what we do in emergency management. So it's not just talking when a storm's on the way. It's talking days like today, doing public outreach like today, and making sure that our plans align, that our exercises align, and that our entire operations align to support one another. Got it. And to follow along, um, this year, 2003, I, we just have a have a new IGA, which is a intergovernment agreement with Charleston County Emergency Management, so mm -hmm. that uh, Town of Kiwa have extra resources when we have uh, critical events as well as anything that would deal with emergency preparedness. Um, just recently, we just had the 4th of July, uh, uh, Johnson County Emergency Management was on standby, uh, and uh, they were ready to assist when needed. So I think the, the collaboration that we have just made our safety net greater. Well, that makes me feel, feel so much better. I'm happy to hear we have that collabor collaborative effort um, one thing I was always curious about, who makes the decision whether or not to evacuate? Chain of command. <laughs> so uh, it comes from the governor's office, uh, and the governor uh, is very good about involving local emergency managers of what we're actually seeing, what our thoughts are and our concerns, uh, and he issues an evacuation order. Got it. And, and how does that decision manifests itself into an evacuation? What is considered um, the intensity of the storm? Um, for example, do we always evacuate with a level one hurricane or is it dependent on other factors? It is dependent on a lot of different things. Uh, and it's very important state emergency management as well as our National Weather Service partners, our federal partners, and again, down to our local partners, have to look at the totality of the circumstances with the storm and what hazards can we see. A storm that's a direct hit to Charleston is very different than a coastal runner that is very different than something that comes up through the Gulf of Mexico. Got it. Okay. Uh, so it is a totality of the circumstances. All right. So, Ben, when there is a hurricane coming in our direction, when should residents evacuate and what should they consider um, upon evacuation? It's uh, kind of a twofold answer on that one. Residents need to do the thing that's going to be best for them and their families. They need to observe. They need to know what their strengths are. Where can they go? What does their plan look like? Uh, when that evacuation order comes out, it, it's going to have a time stamp with it. This is going to start tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. If someone feels compelled to leave early, that's their decision. Uh, but they need to heed that warning at the very least that comes from the governor's office. Got it. So, so, um, so Craig, one thing that uh, I know from talking to people in this area, as, as well as other areas in the country, that that not everybody t 
takes heed with respect to an evacuation order. And I think it's really important to, uh, to let everybody know what will happen if you don't decide to evacuate. For example, will the power stay on? Good question. Um, I, and I totally understand. Uh, myself, born and raised in Charleston, uh, went to Hugo back in 89. Um, I had no choice to stay home because both of my parents, uh, first responders, had to attend to that to that need, and uh, we had no power. Um, at the same time, uh, we had to prepare and deal with the no power. Um, you know, uh, uh, deal with the necessities that we can only use at the time. Power on a Q Island probably will not be on. Probably will not. Will not be on, and that's to save. Um, the the uh, the frequency uh, the the you know to be able to use those power and and it's a safety uh, procedure that we have to use when we prepare for those storms to uh, if that was the case for it to come to a Q Island so more likely it would not be on sure and I I suspect that one of the reasons the power won't be on is to save it um, so it doesn't blow up or Correct. or short out in case it gets flooded out and again it's it's a safety mechanism not for all, not just for the people that's going to stay on the island, but it's, a, it's also a, a safety mechanism for our first responders. Who sure, have to respond. of course. All right, so what about water? Will water be available if you decide to stay? Again, and as we mentioned earlier, we all, not just, you know, your your town government and your first responders, but it, it take a collaborative effort of preparation, and that's including our residents. Um they have to take, if they're going to stay, they have to plan as if they're on their own. Um, and I'm just going to be honest and, and, and frank about it because uh, once decorations and, and, and uh, orders have been given from the state level to the, you know, to the county level, and if you know the storm decides to come to Key Island, then the mayor has that, that power to make his decoration for the town, we have to we have to react to it, and at that point we have to make consideration for our first responders, um, because when that order comes down from the governor to Key Island to remove all first responders off the road for their safety, now you first up where you at? Got it. So, so Ben, then um, it's kind of a scary concept. So if you decide to stay here in the island and something emergency-related happens to you, there's nobody here to help. Is that correct? I wouldn't necessarily say that's correct. Uh, again, from the emergency operations side of it, we're going to have to look at what is this storm actually doing. We're not going to put first responders out in a place that is unsafe for them. One of the things that the Hurricane Guide mentions is the first 72 are on you. You need to plan for that span of time to be completely self-sufficient. But we also have to recognize with Kiowa, we're a little bit further out. We're a barrier island. Right. It's something that could be even a little bit longer than that. Right. There's other priorities throughout the county and throughout the state. Got it. All right. So it sounds like to me, if the order comes to me, I'm 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 heading out. So it's all right. Um, all right. So now the evacuation occurs. The storm is passed. Um, so Craig, tell me, walk me through the re-entry process. Um, Upon re-entering the island, um, it's of course not going to be. It's not going to look the way it did when we left. We hope. Yeah, we hope. So true. 
So what can the residents expect and what should they consider when they're coming back onto the island? So let's let's do this. Let's say, um, first thing, if you're going to leave, make sure you take proper documentation with you. Your license, uh, health insurance, and things like that. Um, uh, photograph your property. Okay? Great idea. So, in other words, when you return back, we have different layers as uh, far as the reentry pro- uh, process. The first process is damage assessment. We do a pre-damage assessment. And it's, again, it's a collaborative effort for all of our security entities uh, with the town to do a damage assessment throughout the island. That is in place for uh, for safety reasons. It can be a down power line. It can be no entry for first responders to get to our uh, community members, our visitors who decide to stay. So that's the first protocol. The second is uh, the debris recovery, and um, that can take a process if that's needed. Uh, then our third layer, that's when, you know, the governor release the emergency declaration. And again, it trickled down to the island. The mayor makes that decision if we're placed on a direct uh, declaration from the mayor to release it, then that's the decision that we made to release and let uh, our residents come back on the island. I must caution you, please have your identification because we will st- we will still have checkpoints um, throughout the island, and actually throughout the county, but we still have checkpoints to come back on the island. So just because that declaration has been released doesn't mean that it's an open floor island. That means only that can come back on this island are people who we know that was registered to come back on this island. And that's so important to know. Take the paperwork with you, and of course, any medicines and and perhaps even Correct. scripts that you need if you run out of medicines. It's a great point. All right, so Ben, so what safety procedures would you suggest the residents to perform and do when they arrive back onto the island? I think first and foremost is heed the warnings of local officials from state to county to local municipalities and follow those directions. Stay away from down power lines. Be careful there could be boil water advisories if there is water pressure. Uh, we also need to recognize our, the extent of our own skills. Uh, there are times where maybe a contractor would be appropriate to hire instead of doing it ourselves. Uh, and we also need to take a big, deep breath and realize that it's going to be a long, long road to recovery with most of these. Yeah. It's not worth something that we should rush into and hurt, hurt ourselves. And be safe is the, is the answer. Absolutely. And you, can, you can replace property, but you can't replace your life. Absolutely. Um, so that's the end of my questions that I had for you guys. Is there anything that you guys would like to add on to that, either one of you? I just want to also reiterate and add that we please just uh, um, trust first responders, all the public officials who actually work past the 12 hours, night and day, to make sure that, the, you know, not just the town, but everyone is safe. Um, even with reentry, please um, understand that our job is to make sure that when you return back, if that need be, it's not, you know, just trying to be uh, an enforcer that you can't come back on the island. Of course. We just want to make sure that you're, it's safe for you to come back on the island. We don't know what can happen, you know. I, we're trained, we train together, we train on a local level, state level, and federal level. There's a lot of communication that's involved from that 72 hour to the time that the storm hit and even till the storm have left. Sure. 
So we are making a, a lot of drastic decisions. Mm -hmm. um, so we just ask to have some patience and believe you guys are in the best interest of the town. Well, I know you have have my best interest in, in your forefront, so I will certainly abide by whatever you guys suggest. Ben, any other closing com comments? Have a plan and educate yourself. Uh, South Carolina is a hurricane state. We have many, many people visiting here, and we have many people moving here. Educate yourself on the hazards. You'll hear every day your friends and your neighbors will say it was only a one, it was only this, or I survived Hugo, or Hugo was absolutely horrible, and you'll hear the full spectrum of it. Educate yourself and make a plan that's safest for you and your family. Well, well said. That's a great closing comment. So um, the one thing I wanted to encourage the residents is to make sure that you sign up for a code red system. Um, that will keep you up to date with what the latest happenings and goings on in case there is an emergency. And as always, we encourage our residents to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter to get all sorts of great information with respect to the town's updates. Follow us, please, on social media and participate or attend our town council meetings. Thank you so much for listening, and please look forward to the next podcast.